Welcome to the Micah Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. Mike here with Micah. We're breaking down the divisional rounds for the second time. We actually did it the night, uh, Sunday night actually, and our podcast just didn't come out great. So we're doing it again today. We're, we're making sure we're getting the best quality out there, getting the best sound for you. So Micah, I know your thoughts on this, but to the people, we're going to start with the Vikings and 49ers. 27-10, to 10, the 49ers completely dominated. Give me your thoughts on this game. Um, They did their best Patriots 2017-2018 impression, and they asked Jimmy Garoppolo to control the game and not throw picks. Similar to how they really been treating Brady the last couple of years. Um, A strong, strong run game. Um, They, they have a three-headed monster running back right now where it's like they say Raheem Mostert is the starter, but Tevin Coleman, it was his turn. Uh, they really show out, and of course, they have guys like Matt Breed is still just waiting and you know, anticipating uh, his opportunity, too. Uh, it really reminds me of that three running back system, uh, that the Patriots was rolling out there for a couple years where it was just plug and play guys. But, um, yeah, man, that coupled with a dominating defensive performance, he, they shut down Kirk Cousins, man. Um, not to, I didn't necessarily expect a lot from the Vikings, uh, I did think they were going to get beat. Um, I thought there was a chance that if they decided to stretch the field a little bit more and try to get outside the numbers and throw it deep to um, not to Richard Sherman's side, they would have a chance. And they, they did that. And in the first quarter, uh, Kirk Cousins had a beautiful uh, throw to, to Stephon Diggs around the left side. Um, and then really from there, it was just stagnant. That was the last time they scored a touchdown. And <laughs> the San Francisco 49ers were all over it. Um, I won't necessarily say it was totally Kirk Cousins' fault, albeit he did throw an unforgivable pick, in my opinion, to Richard Sherman. Uh, there's debates on it, on, on whether it was a bad route by Adam Thielen or if, if Kirk shouldn't have let him or should have put it on him. At the end of the day, in my opinion, that's Richard Sherman. Um, you don't do that to Richard Sherman's side, regardless if it was a spot concept or he should have threw it like a dig. Um, I just didn't like that. I, it was man coverage. He said it was man coverage after um, – and, you know, sometimes you just pay the price like that. But, um, man, the 49ers, they definitely look the strongest I've seen in the last couple of weeks. Um, definitely a dominating defensive performance, and they look really good going into the championship round. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. I, I know I mentioned it on our last episode um, when we were previewing and even the wild card, wild card recap. The mm-hmm. Vikings were acting like they just won the Super Bowl. Was after beating the Saints, and I know probably in the moment when you beat a team on the road when nobody gives you a chance, it feels like you won the Super Bowl, but you were still going up against a team that they were the number, uh, they weren't a top two seed for a reason, and they got shut down the minute they went to San Francisco. San Francisco, Francisco, excuse me, got Quan Alexander and D Ford back healthy. When D Ford was in, they were averaging four sacks a game when he was out the last, I think, six or seven weeks of the season, their average went down to one. They had six sacks on Kirk Cousins. Not all six won Kirk. Obviously, your O-line plays a part in that. But it was just complete domination defensively. The one touchdown that they scored was because of Witherspoon. It was an underthrow, actually. Witherspoon tried to make a big play, wasn't able to get the ball, fell down, and Diggs scored. They took Witherspoon out, and from that moment, the Vikings weren't able to do anything at all offensively. The, uh, mm-hmm. Defensively, I mean, the Vikings, they, they have a really good defense, but they just got worn out by the run. I, I, I know you remember the drive, Micah, but it was in the, it was in the uh, third quarter when the game, the game was, it, was, it wasn't completely over. Like one score with, by the Vikings can make it a frisky game. But the 49ers just said, you know what, we're ending this right now. 
Mm-hmm. Run after run after run after run. The whole drive, Jimmy G did not throw a pass. And they scored a touchdown. That's the type of drive that takes the soul away from people. Like, that's – you're will in a football game after an O-line. You know it's coming. Everybody knows what's coming. And you're still able to run down their throat. It was – at that point, it was just like, you know what? This, this, this game is over. They scored a touchdown, and that was it. I mean, the 49ers are going to be a tough out next week. They're, they're looking amazing. The defense is all the way back where everybody's completely healthy. They're flying. There's not one person you can double team because, I mean, are you leaving? If you're going to double team Ford, are you leaving Bosa one-on-one? I don't think so. And if you're double teaming no. Bosa, <laughs> you're not keeping Ford one-on-one. And they're removing their D linemen in and out. Bosa's a DN that was playing the three technique at one point at, at DT and dominating. So they ha- they're versatile along their D line. Their backers are back to full strength. And the secondary has been basically locked down with the way Richard Sherman has been playing, like you mentioned. So this team is very, very scary. They're part of the Final Four for a reason. One of the greatest turnarounds I think we, we've seen in a while from a 4-12 and team. And obviously, everything went south with Jimmy G tearing his ACL last year. But there was no way this team was a playoff team the way that they were constructed last year. But with another year under Kyle Shanahan, he brought the troops together. And now they're in. Now they're in a championship game with the chance to go to the Super Bowl. So just all around impressive from uh, the 49ers this last week. Moving on to our Saturday night game. Obviously, the big upset of the weekend when everybody was talking about the Titans and the Ravens. The Titans win 28 to 12. Micah, give me your thoughts on that game. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, and just a little bit more of Derrick Henry uh, was basically how the Titans won. Um, Yes, Ryan Tannehill did have his moments in the game. He did complete passes when he needed to. He only threw a handful of times, uh, way less than the league average and way less than we've been told how much passing matters, apparently. But uh, as I always say, man, as the trope always goes, you win playoff games by running in defense. And did the Titans do that? No. Oh, they found a way to beat the read option. Uh, I guess I'll start on defense first of all before I get to the bit. the man of the hour, Derrick Henry. But um. They found a way to contain the read option, man. They they did a good time, a good a shoot. Oh my gosh, that's a good job of not committing too much to either the dive or the pitch. They played Lamar straight up, and when you have enough, you know, you have enough guys to the ball, and you got to play a guy like Lamar straight up, you're gonna expect the juke, you're gonna expect the move. But as soon as that first person gets juke, man, if you have guys swarming to the ball, he's not gonna take the hit. He's a smart guy. He's gonna get down, and instead of it being a ten yard, fifteen yard game, it's only a three yard game. And you stop got you stop the running attack from there. You stop the threat of any read option stuff. You stop guys like Mark Henry from really getting uh, Mark Ingram. See, not Mark Henry. Mark Ingram getting off. And from there, you kind of just control the pace of the game. Um, and I, I will say this: Lamar Jackson. I have no problems with really how he played. Um, would I have liked you know the turnovers to be less? Of course, but two of them weren't his fault at all. Um, and I'm not going to put that on him. Really, on the Raven side of things, this their team just failed them. Uh, it was one of those things where maybe it was just lax, um, really being off three weeks for the most part of their starters. Um, maybe a couple other things kind of uh, limited them in, in their game prep or whatever it was. Uh, but the Titans came to play, and they had more energy out there. Um, they seemed to execute their game plan better, and it was just an unfortunate night. I, and I don't want to – a lot of people are going to make the, the generalizations about um, Lamar Jackson and what he is and what his legacy will already be in his second year. Um, and I just want to remind you guys that guys, guys like Peyton Manning, who are undoubtedly Hall of Famers with Hall of Fame stats and numbers, didn't really win anything until later halves of their careers. 
Um, you got. You I mean, Peyton like Manning Peyton was Manning. probably statistically one of the worst quarterbacks ever in his uh, rookie season. Oh yeah, and even so, which Lamar Jackson was not. But even so, when he started to get the stats up, when he started to hear MVP talks around the 2003 season and things like that, they were still not winning those key playoff games. He had to wait almost 10 years to finally even sniff an AFC Championship win. So, you know, it takes time with these things. I don't want people to jump the gun and think Lamar Jackson isn't what we're all expecting him to be because he will be. He will get them this team to the Super Bowl. I, I can put it on wax. I really feel that. Um, they're a couple steps away, man. They just they can't have another collapse like they did. Uh, it's been really two years now where they had these kind of collapses, and it's not good to see, but just touch quick. Man, that man is unstoppable, and it's clear to me that he is unstoppable. Um, all year I've been saying – well, not all year. Really, since the playoffs have been starting, I've been saying that Derrick Henry's probably second best back. But uh, And I always cite Christian McCaffrey as my favorite back end. Uh, one of I, I think the best back in the league this year, but Christian McCaffrey is not playing, albeit circumstances with the Panthers and things like that. Um, but the best running back playing right now in the league, probably the most dominant force in the league, is Derrick Henry. Another 30-plus carry performance, another 175-plus yard performance. He threw a touchdown this time. He is unstoppable. And they keep doing what they're doing by managing the clock and playing lights out defense. They're going to be another hard team to beat going into the championship round. Yeah, with uh... – let me let me start with the Ravens first. Yeah, they came in. Uh, they obviously look rusty coming out. Three weeks weeks off would do that to you, but they just never got into the rhythm. They fell behind and they went against what worked for them. Whether that was Lamar Jackson making plays on the ground, they're not a team that is a pass first team. A team that's uh, gonna what he threw fifty had fifty nine. Yeah, attempts. that's not that's not winning football. Man. That's not that's not Lamar Jackson football. If if you see a game where Patrick Mahomes gets fifty nine attempts, I'm like, yeah, okay, they probably needed it and they probably won that game just because of how good, um, just how good Patrick Mahomes is. Not saying Lamar Jackson isn't good, but his game is totally different. It's ground and pound. You don't know who's getting the ball at any point. Anybody can get the ball, and he's gonna make the passes when you need to. I thought the game changed with. The Mark Andrews interception. I mean, it was a high mm. pass. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't a perfect dime, but Andrews had his hands on it. And I know, as a receiver, Michael, you're taught if you have your hands on it, come down with the ball. And he sure. was he wasn't able to, and that flipped the game because the Titans went down. They scored, and look at on that first drive, the Ravens everything was working until until you had a two had situations like that, and, and everything just flipped from there. Um, the Ravens will be back. I mean, they're, they're a team that just built for that. It may not be Mark Ingram as your back, but you uh, going forward. I mean, you, you'll have him for the next year or so, but in three, five years, I don't know if he's still in the league. You'll have another good back back there. Lamar Jackson will only get better as a passer. And, I mean, we already see his running ability now. So I am not worried in the slightest about the Ravens' future. I know it sucks. I know it, this had the, like, destiny type of field well, with the year after – they beat the Patriots at home, and everything was just working perfectly, and they hadn't lost for how many months. But that's why you play these playoff games. It's not regular season championships. The Titans, on the other hand, I mean, I just didn't expect this in the slightest. They, no, they, yeah, no doubt, bro. They shocked. I mean, I had we, I, I believe we both had them as, as the playoff teams as the season started to progress on, and we saw, oh, they actually have something going once they put Ryan T in. But Tannehill was – He's he's not the reason why they're winning at all. I mean, he's thrown for less than two hundred in two games. You don't hear that in modern day NFL. You don't really even hear that in the past like fifty years of NFL with quarterback just going like less than two hundred yards mm-hmm. in two in two playoff games, and they won. So that just goes to show how good 
how good Derrick Henry is. He his ability to just keep running the ball and not tire up and somebody that big, the fact that he's able to just consistently play three downs and it's only if they're like third in obvious situations where it's they have to throw, they may take him out. But besides that, he's in the game and he's making sure that he's he's that threat for them. And it's only he's only gonna get better. I mean, you see that he's just picking up steam and, and I think he carries this into next year. I don't know how prolonged you can be like this with that many carries. Um, <laughs> thirty something. Thir- yeah, thirty. It's gonna it's gonna translate like four hundred <laughs> carries if they do that every game next year. It's gonna be wild. Yeah, it, it's it's very very interesting if if you continue on that pace of thirty carries. I think it, obviously regular season goes down to twenty twenty five, but things are definitely gonna change for uh, for the Titans. It, you you have a bright future. I think Ryan Tannehill is is somebody you could look to and um, as a future, which I didn't think. I, I mean, I thought he would get an opportunity to play this year just because it was a QE battle and we weren't sold on Mariota. But I think you can lock him up for four years and expect similar production and you'll be fine uh, as a team totally. So more up to the Titans. They're they're going to be in a tough one next week. It's going to be a battle. But props to them for already beating two teams that everybody thought could be in the Super Bowl. And if they beat a third team uh, that in next week in the Chiefs, then it, when Super Bowl predictions time going around, I may be declaring the Titans as Super Bowl champs. But moving on to Sunday, Micah, Texans and Chief, 51-31, a game of runs, 24-0, and then 37-plus, I think, unanswered by uh, the Chiefs. And they roll the Texans. This is one of the weirdest games I've seen. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, man, you hit it on really nail on the head, bro. A game, really a game of has, a game of runs, man. And I just, what I get out of this game for the most part is just a statement that Patrick Mahomes made being down 21-0 and just by halftime getting his team back to a lead. It's it's remarkable in my opinion, man. Um, He didn't get sacked. He, got, he did a great job of getting the ball out of his hands. And the great thing about him getting the ball out fast and making great, great throws is that he has playmakers on every single level. Running backs, he has multiple playmakers. Receivers, we all know about the speed of Tyreek Hill, but they have a little Tyreek Hill. They have Miko Hartman, bro. They have one of the best receiving tight ends, if not the best receiving tight end in Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, and the list goes on, man. Um, one thing I do want to know is that um, special teams is, is a very prominent, very, very, very prominent thing. Uh, really going on in all the playoff games, uh, this, the team that really won on special teams is really the team that won the game. But in this game, um, shoddy special teams play was cleaned up by the Chiefs, and by the second half, they capitalized on it. Um, bad field position uh, for the Texans really stopped anything they were trying to do. Um, Tyron Matthew on defense really kicked up and started making game-changing plays. Um, the one uh, on DeAndre Hopkins over the middle, people call it a P.I., but I call it perfect timing. He saw he saw that play break down in front of him. He saw the dig right in front of his eyes. He covered both – he covered both the seam and the dig, man. It was one of the best plays I've seen all playoffs. But um, yeah, man, the Chiefs just if they want to call it a statement, then you got to because this is a team that once again you have to take seriously. It's their second time back in this scenario. Um, they have the home game, and I I will be remiss to bet against them again, man. Um, Patrick Mahomes just looked like the Patrick Mahomes that we saw last year, man. Is a reason that he was the MVP and. I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe because of injury and things like that, but people kind of overlooked him in a, in, a, in a sense. I don't ever want to say he was an underdog, but I, I don't know if people really had the Chiefs going this far at, at the point in the season where they were at when he was out of, uh, without him and everything. Um, he's just proven that he is that man. And 
I mean, I don't have much to say about the Texans side. They gave up a twenty-four, a twenty-one point lead, which is terrible. Um, you know, and that, that's losing football right there. Um, did they play bad on defense? Of course they did. They gave up all those points, but offensively, uh, the only thing I would like to see from them is just a really a run game. Uh, there's no reason why your yards per carry leader on the day should be Deshaun Watson. Um, there's no reason he should also be sacked four times. Uh, Especially when you're up 24-0. That's when you really yeah, want to establish the run. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Carlos Hyde had 13 carries, but he was not running the ball. I would like to see them get another running back to kind of supplement that. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had a big day, albeit he was missing a touchdown. It was just a really weird game, and it's one of those games where the stats really don't tell the whole picture. It was really just a momentum shift, and it was clear, and then when when the Chiefs got the momentum, they rode it all the way to the win, so uh, a great win for the Chiefs, a bad loss for the Texans, but Man, the Chiefs, probably the strongest-looking team, um, at least offensively, going forward uh, into the championship round. With the Chiefs, it's it's as simple as this. I think they're winning the Super Bowl. I'll just let, mm. I'll just let everybody know now. Their offense is unstoppable, and their defense is much improved. Uh, they fell behind 24-0, and I don't believe that was all on the defense. We obviously had, a, like you said, special teams. A special teams uh, punt block for a touchdown, and then you had Tyreek Hill, Fumble, uh, muff a punt, and they were in the red zone immediately. That's 14 points right there. And besides Mm -hmm. that, the Chiefs defense – besides that, I mean, the Chiefs defense gave up 14 points, and they they were pretty locked down. Um, Against against a team like the Titans, maybe it'll be different, but they look pretty good against against the uh, Texans for three-plus quarters. And I believe the Texans are a better team than the Titans. We saw it this year where they played each other – um, the first game, and that's the Texans won. Titans obviously won the last game in the regular season, but nobody from the Texans were playing. So I think the Chiefs are are just a really, really good team. They, that they're my prediction to win, uh, win the Super Bowl. Just the way that offense is clicking, and like you said, because Mahomes got, I, I think we forgot how good Mahomes was in the first four weeks of the season, mm-hmm, and definitely. then he he uh, pops his uh, kneecap. And he's out for a couple of weeks, and it takes a co- it takes a couple of weeks to get back in the groove of things because he was off for so long. And by the time it looks like he's now just like hitting his stride again, where everything is working for him. And I mean, <laughs> I think this scary. Team, this team is very very dangerous and very very scary. Texans, on the other hand, I mean, they just got to be consistent next year. They have they have the tools. They have the tools to be to be an AFC Championship team, to be a potential Super Bowl team. They just have to put everything together. Whether offense and defense be a click, getting a legit back. There are a lot of good backs in this draft. You have DeAndre Swift, you have J.K. Dobbins, you have ETN coming out. I think Eno Benjamin from Arizona State is going to be a good running. Get get another running back in the draft. There there are guys that can can change it up for you. Yeah, Carlos Hyde is he's decent, he's serviceable, but upgrade. Just upgrade for my man Deshaun. Get him a o- better O line too. I mean, if Trent Williams doesn't want to come back to to the Washington Redskins, trade for him. I know you traded uh, Laramie Tunsil. You don't really have first-round picks anymore. But I think the Redskins will be more than happy to accumulate some seconds, uh, maybe a first down the line or something like that. So just do whatever you can to just help Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson out. And I think that the team will be fine going forward. It obviously sucks because you're up 24-0 and you're like, damn, up 24-0. We win this game and we're hosting. A team, a, a wild card team, uh, is hosting the the, the uh, conference championship against a rival who they obviously think they're better than, and they have the home crowd with them to go to the Super Bowl. You must just be like, "Wow, this this is amazing! We're about to make it to the Super Bowl." 
and in a blink of an eye, literally ten minutes. I I had to go mm-hmm. and, and like pick up lunch or something. By the time I came back and picked up picked up lunch, I think the score was twenty four to the score is twenty four to twenty eight, and I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is this is insane by the Chiefs." So it obviously sucks, but hey, you <laughs> you uh you got up, you went against a better team, and they showed you why they were the best team. And then obviously the best game of the night. The Packers and the Seahawks. I'll start here with my breakdown, Micah. I thought this was a very, very fun game. Um, obviously, it sucks when games are controversial and they end on controversy, and that's what everybody talks about. But I think I've gotten to the point where it's like, I don't care about controversy anymore. Win the game. You play you play uh, 60 minutes of a game, and now you're going to bring it down to one second or two seconds of the whole game. You had multiple opportunities. Don't fall down, fall behind uh, 18 points and try to climb your way back because that gives the Packers an opportunity to seal the game with a call. And yeah, refs are human too. So calls are going to be 50-50. I saw that Devontae Adam put out a picture with the actual line compared to the yellow line on ESPN. It doesn't matter. It's whatever, man. You had opportunities to win the game, win the game. I do worry about the Seahawks, though. I mean, Russell Wilson is obviously going to be able to keep him in games, but just how dominant the 49ers are, I think they're going to be for the next couple of years, coupled with the rise of the Arizona Cardinals. And and obviously you have the Rams who aren't going to be as bad next year. That division is going to be real tough. I'm not saying the Seahawks are going, mm-hmm. to, be, are going to be the worst team in the division. I still think it's the Cardinals next year. But they could find themselves out of the playoffs. Just because we saw this year, almost all of their games were one-score games. And mm-hmm. they were on the right end this year. But that doesn't mean next year you're going to be on the same right end. So you just got you just got to make sure everybody comes back, everybody stays healthy because they didn't have a running back in the postseason. And if they're not able to, it could be a long next season for the Seahawks. Packers, on the other hand, another under-the-radar team. They've just been winning ugly, and they've gotten it done. They got it done again. They Aaron Rodgers had in a post uh postseason not post uh press conference that he wants to win ugly and that's how they're gonna win. And they did it. Uh he's still able to make plays in the biggest moments. He still has that ability to extend plays and drop it on the dime and make sure that you have an opportunity to catch it and that's what he did and that's why they won. Micah, your thoughts on the game? Yeah man, um I guess I'll take the same method as you. I'll talk uh, talk about the Seahawks real quick and uh just before I get into the game wise, the implications of they see all close, like you said, bro. They're pretty big. Um, this is a team that slowly seeing their home field advantage kind of slip for them, especially when playing teams like the 49ers and the Rams, who can steal games in uh Seattle. Um, they went seven and one on the road this year, and, and you know, that's not necessarily typical of Seattle, but that's kind of indicative of what they had to do just to get to this point. It's a very different landscape than it was three, four, or five years ago with that team. Um, but talking about the game, man, uh it just it was it was another situation of just who executed their game plan better and man there was the Seahawks were down pretty bad uh Russell Wilson got sacked a few times uh, actually more than a few times about five times uh some of them were kind of like out of pocket pressures him trying to just make things happen getting clipped up and things like that but um they they failed man if you have Yes, they, they are missing their running backs, which is a big part of what they do. Russell Wilson was their leading rusher. Um, that can't happen. Yes, Marshawn Lynch did score two touchdowns, um, but he had no effect really on the run game outside of those two touchdowns, man. Um, Travis Homer had a couple carries, and his average is good. But, yeah, that's whatever. Um, Tyler Lockett had a big game, which is nice to see. But 
DK Metcalf, we, we saw him against the Eagles have a big game, and they kind of shut that down. And the Packers, um, I guess Philip and them are starting to really come into their own. Um, and, you know, this is interesting. It's weird for me to say a team that was three, 13 and three coming into their own, but when Aaron Rodgers said they were winning ugly, it's because there was a possibility they could lose all the games that they were winning ugly. Um, you saw great production from guys like Aaron Jones, and we didn't see that on Saturday. Yes, he had two touchdowns, um, but you know, a lot of a lot of touches, not too much production, which is pretty interesting. Um, like I said, man, the Packers that did enough to win the game, they executed their game plan, especially when about five minutes left. I thought there was a chance that Russell Wilson could get the ball back with maybe like a minute thirty. Um, even you know that that call. Uh, the spot is really what changed it. Uh, if if it is a fourth down and they have to punt it, if they don't convert, then you know obviously he gets the ball it, back. It would have been fourth and inches more than that. I think the Packers even go for it on fourth and inches, and I don't even think this is really even a conversation, just because I think yeah, it, they got a fourth down with Aaron Rodgers just QB sneaking it. Yeah, and, and regardless, there's way more opportunities. First of all, they shouldn't have been down as many points as they were. That's really what the story is. Um, and, you know, we are kind of robbed of that a little bit. But at the end of the day, you're supposed to win that game quarters ago. You're not supposed to let that get down to that point. Um, Aaron Rodgers, winning ugly, man, is making it happen. He found his guy. Look, Devontae Adams had a huge game. He was running some of the most crisp concepts and routes. Um, man, he, he ran the sail route, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forgot who the DB was, but he had him turned around on the sail route and scored. And then um, one of my favorite concepts I've ever seen, man, they, they ran a, a sluggo and a slant. And um, it looked like they were about to do a mesh of scissors concept on the and, outside. Oh, yeah, and and they, Devontae, they, they both broke Devontae, back yeah, yeah, and they both broke back and so where they were uh, their landmarks. Oh my gosh, but was, that's beautiful. That's that's and that's the difference of the coaching staff that they had last year and this year. That these type of things matter in the games. You give Aaron Rodgers a, t- a chance to take a shot. Just give him the chance. Get, put guys like Devontae Adams in a position to make a game changing play, and you see great things happen. And he had two of those chances, and that's the difference of the game right there. So, um. And let me not let me not miss over what the Packers defense has been doing. They've been playing really great as a unit. Um, a lot of younger guys and a lot of guys in different situations. Preston Smith comes to mind with big plays. Um, a lot of QB hits. He was all over them. Uh, Zaria Smith as well. Really just getting all over them. And their def- uh, their DBs are playing pretty good, man. A lot of young DBs back there. Um, they're doing their thing, and it's just good to really see this team come into their own. Really, uh. And like I said, it's a little weird for a 13-3 and team, in my opinion, coming to their own. But they're playing some of their best football right now. So I love to see it. Uh, interesting interesting matchup next week. I don't, I don't necessarily know what happens, but I definitely do think whoever gets there is going to have to complete uh, a three-phase game like I've been talking about. And they just can't make mistakes because if they do, the other team is going to capitalize, clearly. Yep. I totally agree with you there. And with that, that's going to wrap up our divisional round recap. We'll do conference Uh, We'll do conference previews tomorrow, but for Mike and Micah, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.